Good morning, family. Welcome to today's podcast, Friday. Let's go ahead and open this meeting with a moment of silence, followed by the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. All right, family. Remember that in Proverbs 12, 25, it says, Worry weighs us down. A cheerful word picks us up. Amen. If no one has told you they love you this morning, I love you. I'll give you an electronic hug. Those of you who need electronic hugs. And I'll give you an electronic boot for any of you those who know you need a boot in the rear end. So face downward. Let me go ahead and get a good swing. And boom! Right in the buttocks. Up and at them. Go the right way. Do the right thing. Clap your hands. We can do this. Our next scripture is Philippians 4, 6, and 7. It says... Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Okay, folks, do not let or worry. Instead of worrying, praise the Lord Jesus Christ in Him. Praise Him. Praise will shape your worries into prayers. Uh, Thanksgiving, letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Beautiful, beautiful. And our next scripture is found in 1 John 3, 18 and 20. It says, let's not just talk about love. Let's practice real love. This is the only way we'll know we're living truly, living in God's reality. It's also the way to shut down debilitating self-criticism, even when there is something to it. For God is greater than our worried hearts and knows more about us than we do ourselves. 1 John 3, 18, 20. Amen. You know, if those worrying thoughts or those self-condemnation thoughts keep going, just say, I thank you, thoughts. I'm glad I did that. I'm glad I'm worrying. Thank you, worry. You just reminded me to thank God for my commitment to praise Him. I'm praising you, God. Thank you for worry has reminded me to praise you. You know, punch worry right in the nose. It will back down. Say, I thank you, worry. I'm glad I'm worried. I'm glad I'm feeling this way. The right use of the willpower is to acknowledge our Lord Jesus Christ. Acknowledge heaven. Acknowledge the good in the earth. The power of goodness over our worries. That is the right use of the willpower. We are aligning our willpower with thy will be done. Thy will be done. Father's will. All right, now I'm going to read you a quick story about, from a book called More Real Stories for the Soul 
by Robert J. Morgan. 101 Incredible True Stories to Challenge Your Faith and Strengthen Your Trust in God. Bear with me a couple of more minutes, please. It's only a couple of pages. The article is called Not a Single Soul. Alan Francis Gardiner grew up in a Christian home, took to sea, and achieved a successful British naval career with little thought for God. But in 1822, he felt ill and reevaluated his life. He scribbled on his journal, After years of ingratitude, unbelief, blasphemy, and rebellion, have I at last been melted? Alas, how slow, how reluctant I've been to admit the heavenly guest who stood knocking without. He was converted, and he soon began thinking about missions. Traveling around the world had given Captain Gardner a glimpse of the need for missionaries, and he gave himself for the task. Leaving England for South America, he hoped to minister among the Araucanian or Mapuche Indians of southern Chile. Government interference and intertribal fighting forced him back to England. Three years later, he was at it again, visiting the Falcons and investigating the possibility of taking the gospel to the islands of Patagonia and Tierra de Fuego. Sensing opportunity at hand, Gardner returned to England and on July 4, 1844, established a small organization called the Patagonian Missionary Society. He wrote, I have made up my mind to go back to South America and leave no stone unturned, no effort untried, to establish a mission among the Aboriginal tribes. While God gives me strength, failure would not dump. Gardner visited South America a third time, but his efforts were again thwarted by internal tribal fighting and government interference. The land being strongly Catholic in tolerance to Protestant missions, he returned to England, recruited six missionaries, and set sail for Tierra del Fuego. But all seven men died of disease, starvation, and exposure on Picton Island. Gardner The last to die dated his final journal entry September 5, 1851. Good and marvelous are the loving kindness of my gracious God unto me. He has preserved my hitherto and for four days, although without bodily food, without any feelings of hunger or thirst. Captain Alan Gardner died without seeing a single soul saved among those for whom he was most... burden. But he lit a fire which has never gone out. His South American Missionary Society, as it came to being called, has been sending missionaries and saving souls for over 150 years. You know, I have roots in Chile. Um, A great-great-grandfather or something uh, fleed from uh, government... um, I guess political disturbances. He was for one party and Bertie saved his life, got on the ship and came to uh, Mexico somewhere. And then from there married a great grandma. And then from there great grandma had my grandma. And then my, my family came along and they lived off the land. Anyway, the Lord bless you. The Lord fix you up and be gracious to you. Have a great day, family. 
great weekend. Remarkable things will happen. We look for them. Take care. Chapter 6, King James Version. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great multitude followed him, because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he said unto Philip, When shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said unto him, there is a lad here which has five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about five thousand. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes, as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together, and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, this is of a truth, the prophet that should come into the world. <clears throat> when Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. And when evening was now come, his disciples went down into the sea and entered into a ship, and went over the sea toward Capernaum. And it was now dark, and Jesus was not come to them. And the sea arose by reason of a great wind that blew. So when they had rowed about five and twenty or thirty furlongs, they see Jesus walking on the sea, drawing nigh unto the ship. And they were afraid, and he said unto them, It is I, be not afraid. Then they willingly received him into the ship, and immediately the ship was at the land whither they went. The day following, when the people which stood on the other side of the sea saw that there was none other boat there, save the one where into his disciples were entered, and that Jesus was not with his disciples into the boat, but that his disciples were gone away alone. Albeit it, there came other boats from Tiberias nigh unto the place where they did eat bread. After that, the Lord had given thanks. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, neither his disciples, they also took sh shipping and came to Capernaum, seeking for Jesus. <clears throat> and when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, 
when comest thou hither? Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, You seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him has God the Father sealed. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he has sent. They said therefore unto him, What sign showest thou then that we may see and believe thee? What does thou work? Our fathers did it manna in the desert, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto him, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth in me shall never thirst. But I say unto you that you also have seen me and believe not. All that the Father give me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which has sent me, that all which he has given me I should not lose nothing, but shall raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeks the Son and believe it on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. The Jews then murmured at him, because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he said, I came down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said unto them, Murmur not among yourselves. No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall be all taught of God. Every man therefore that has heard and has learned of the Father cometh unto me. Not that any man has seen the Father, save he which is of God, he has seen the Father. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood has eternal life, 
and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father has sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. These things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Many therefore of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, This is an hard saying, who can hear it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, Does this offend you? What if you shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? It is the Spirit that quickeneth the flesh profit nothing. The words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. And he said, Therefore said unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him by my Father. From that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then Jesus said unto the twelve, Will you also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? He spoke of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. Proverbios 15. La respuesta amable calma el enojo. La respuesta violenta lo excita más. De la lengua de los sabios brota sabiduría. De la boca de los necios necedades. El Señor está en todo lugar vigilando a los buenos y a los malos. La lengua amable es un árbol de vida. La lengua perversa hace daño al espíritu. El necio desprecia la corrección de su padre. El que la atiende demuestra inteligencia. Gran abundancia hay en casa del hombre honrado pero el malvado no le aprovechan sus ganancias. Los sabios esparcen sabiduría con sus labios. Los necios con su mente hacen todo lo contrario. El Señor no soporta las ofrendas de los malvados, pero recibe con agrado la oración de los justos. El Señor no soporta la conducta de los malvados, pero ama a quien vive una vida recta. 
El que deja el buen camino se le corrige con dureza. El que odia la reprensión morirá. Si a la vista del Señor están la muerte y el sepulcro, con mayor razón los pensamientos de los hombres. El insolente no ama al que le reprende, ni busca la compañía de los sabios. Corazón alegre, cara feliz. Corazón enfermo, semblante triste. La mente inteligente busca el saber, pero los necios se alimentan de necesidades. Para quien está afligido todos los días son malos, para quien está contento son una fiesta constante. Más vale ser pobre y honrar al Señor que ser rico y vivir angustiado. Más vale comer verduras con amor que carne de res con odio. El que es impulsivo provoca peleas. El que es paciente las apacigua. Para el perezoso el camino está lleno de espinas. Para el hombre recto el camino es amplia calzada. El hijo sabio alegra a sus padres, el hijo necio los menosprecia. El imprudente goza con su necesidad, el inteligente corrige sus propios pasos. Cuando no hay consulta, los planes fracasan. El éxito depende de los muchos consejeros. Qué grato es hallar la respuesta apropiada. Y aún más cuando es oportuna. El camino de la vida va a cuesta arriba y libra al sabio de bajar al sepulcro. El Señor destruye la casa del orgulloso, pero mantiene invariable la propiedad de la viuda. El Señor no soporta los planes malvados, pero la agradan las palabras sin malicia. El que se da a la codicia arruina su propia casa, pero el que rechaza el soborno vivirá. El hombre justo piensa de qué ha de responder, pero el malvado lanza maldad por la boca. El Señor se aleja de los malvados, pero atiende a la oración de los justos. Los ojos radiantes alegran el corazón. Las buenas noticias dan nuevas fuerzas. El que atiende a la reprensión que da vida tendrá un lugar entre los sabios. El que desprecia la corrección no se aprecia a sí mismo. El que atiene a la reprensión adquiere entendimiento. El honrar al Señor instruye en la sabiduría. Para recibir honores, primero hay que ser humildes.
Salmo 15 Lo que Dios espera del hombre Señor, ¿quién puede residir en tu santuario? ¿Quién puede habitar en tu santo monte? Solo que el que vives sin tacha y hace lo bueno. El que dice la verdad de todo corazón, el que no habla mal de nadie, el que no hace daño a su amigo, ni ofende a su vecino. El que mira con desprecio a quien desprecio merece, pero honra a quien honra al Señor. El que cumple sus promesas, aunque le vaya mal. El que presta su dinero sin exigir intereses. El que no acepta soborno en contra del inocente. El que así vive jamás caerá. Salmo 45 Poema para las bodas del rey. Palabras hermosas bulen en mi mente. Mi lengua es como la pluma de un buen escritor. Voy a recitar mi poesa ante el rey. Eres el más hermoso de los hombres. El encanto brota de tus labios. Por eso Dios te bendijo para siempre. Ponte la espalda a la cintura, valiente. Ella es tu adorno esplendoroso. Tu gloria consiste en avanzar triunfante, luchando en favor de la verdad y haciendo justicia a los humildes. Tu mano derecha realiza grandes proezas. Los pueblos caen a tus pies, oh rey. Tus flechas son agudas y se clavan en el corazón de tus enemigos. Tu reinado, oh Dios, es eterno y es un reinado de justicia. Amas el bien y odias el mal. Por eso te ha escogido Dios, tu Dios, y te ha colmado de alegría. Más que a tus compañeros, toda tu ropa es perfume de mirar, aloe y canela. Con música de instrumentos de cuerda, te alegran en los palacios de marfil. Entre las damas de tu corte hay princesas. A la derecha de tu trono está la reina, adornada con el oro más fino. Escucha, hijita, fíjate bien en lo que voy a decirte. Olvídate de tu familia y de tu gente, pues el rey desea tu belleza. Él es tu señor y debes obedecerlo. Princesa de tiro, los más ricos del pueblo procuran con regalos ganarse tu favor. Aquí, entre las princesas, en toda su hermosura, su vestido es de brocado de oro, espléndidamente vestida la llevan ante el rey, seguida de sus damas de honor, del cortejo de sus amigas. Avanzan con gran alegría, alegres entran en el palacio del rey. Tus hijos, oh rey, ocuparán el trono de tus antepasados y harás que gobiernan en todo el país. Yo haré que tu nombre se recuerde en cada nueva generación y que los pueblos te alaben por siempre. Salmo 75 Dios el Juez te damos gracias, oh Dios, te damos gracias, invocamos tu nombre y cantamos tus maravillas. El Señor dice, en el momento que yo escoja 
juzgaré con toda rectitud. Cuando tiembla la tierra con todos sus habitantes, yo soy quien mantiene firmes sus bases. A los presumidos y a los malvados digo, no sean tan altivos y orgullosos, no hagan tanto al dar de, de su poder, ni sean tan insolentes a hablar. Pues la vida no viene del este, ni del oeste, ni del desierto del sur, sino que Dios es el juez. A unos los humilla y a otros los levanta. El Señor tiene en la mano la copa de su ira, con vino mezclado y fermentado. Cuando Él derrama el vino, todos los malvados de la tierra lo beberán hasta la última gota. Yo siempre anunciaré al Dios de Jacob y le cantaré alabanzas. Porque él destruirá el orgullo de los malvados, pero aumentará el poder del hombre bueno. Amén. Salmo 105 Los actos de Dios por Israel Den gracias al Señor, proclamen su nombre, canten a los pueblos sus acciones, canten himnos en su honor, hablen de sus grandes hechos, siéntanse orgullosos de su santo nombre, siéntase alegre el corazón de los que buscan el Señor, recurran al Señor y a su poder, recurran al Señor en todo tiempo, recuerden sus obras grandes y maravillosas, y los decretos que ha pronunciado. Ustedes, descendientes de su siervo Abraham, ustedes, hijo de Jacob, sus escogidos, Él es el Señor nuestro Dios, Él gobierna toda la tierra. Ni aunque pasen mil generaciones, se olvidará de las promesas de su pacto, del pacto que hizo con Abraham, del juramento que hizo a Isaac y que confirmó con la ley para Jacob como pacto eterno para Israel cuando dijo voy a darte la tierra de Caná como la herencia que te toca aunque ellos eran pocos unos cuantos extranjeros en la tierra que iban de nación en nación y de reino en reino Dios no permitió que nadie los maltratara y aún advirtió a los reyes, No toquen a mis escogidos, ni maltraten a mis profetas. Hizo venir hambre a aquella tierra y les quitó todo alimento. Pero envió delante de ellos a José, el que habían vendido como esclavo. Le lastimaron los pies con cadenas, le aprisionaron con hierros. La palabra del Señor puso a prueba a José hasta que se cumplió lo que José había anunciado. El rey que gobernaba a mucha gente ordenó que le dieran libertad, le nombró amo y señor de su casa y de todo cuanto tenía, para que enseñara y e hiciera sabios a los jefes y a, las, y a los ancios. Vino después Israel, que es Jacob, y vivió como extranjero en Egipto, en la tierra de Cam. 
Dios hizo grande en número a su pueblo y más fuerte que los egipcios. Pero hizo que los egipcios se pusieran en contra de su pueblo y engañaran a los siervos de Dios. Entonces Dios envió a su siervo Moisés y a Aarón a quien había escogido. Y ellos realizaron señales de Dios en el desierto. Grande maravillas en la tierra de Cam. Envió Dios una oscuridad que todo lo cubrió. Pero los egipcios desatendieron sus palabras. Convirtieron en sangre el agua de sus ríos y mató a sus peces. Infestó de ranas al país y aún la alcoba del rey. Habló Dios y nubes de tabanos y mosquitos invadieron el territorio egipcio. Una vez de lluvia envió granizo y llamas de fuego sobre el país. Destrozó sus vinas y sus higueras. Destrozó los árboles de Egipto. Habló Dios y llegaron las langostas. Tantas eran que no se podían contar. Devoraron la hierba del campo y todo lo que la tierra había producido. Hirió de muerte en Egipto mismo al primer hijo de toda familia egipcia. Dios sacó después a su pueblo encargado de oro y plata y nadie entre las tribus tropezó. Los egipcios se alegraron de verlos partir, pues estaban aterrados. Dios extendió una nube para cubrirlos y un fuego para alumbrarlos de noche. Pidieron comida y les mandó codornices, y con pan del cielo los dejó satisfechos. Partió la roca y de ella brotó agua, que corró, corrió por el desierto como un río pues se acordó de la santa promesa que había hecho a su siervo Abraham. Fue así como Dios sacó a su pueblo escogido entre gritos de alegría y les dio las tierras de otras naciones y el fruto del trabajo de otros pueblos y condición de que respetaran y atendieran las leyes y enseñanzas del Señor. Alabado sea el Señor. Ahora Salmo 135. Los grandes hechos de Dios. Alabado sea el Señor. Alaben el nombre del Señor. Alábenlo ustedes, siervos suyos, que están en el templo del Señor, en los atrios del templo de Dios nuestro. Alaben al Señor porque Él es bueno. Canten himnos a su nombre porque es el bondadoso. Pues escogió a Jacob a Israel para que fueran su tesoro propio. Yo sé muy bien que el Señor nuestro Dios es más grande que todos los dioses. El Señor hace todo lo que quiere. Lo mismo en, la, en el cielo que en la tierra. Lo mismo en el mar que en sus profundidades levanta las nubes desde el extremo del mundo, hace los relámpagos que anuncian la lluvia y de su despósito saca el viento. Él fue quien hirió de muerte al hijo mayor de toda familia egipcia 
y a las primeras crías de sus animales. En pleno corazón de Egipto envió señales maravillosas contra el faraón y sus ministros. Hirió de muerte a muchas naciones, quitó la vida a reyes poderosos, a Sejón, el rey Amoreo, Og, el rey de Bashan, y a todos los reyes de Caná. Y las tristezas de esos reyes se las dio como herencia a su pueblo Israel. Las tierras. Señor, tu nombre es eterno, por siempre serás recordado. El Señor hace justicia a su pueblo. Tiene compasión de sus siervos. Los ídolos de los paganos son oro y plata, cosas que el hombre fabrica con sus manos. Tienen boca, pero no pueden hablar. Tienen ojos, pero no pueden ver. Tienen orejas, pero no pueden oír. Ni siquiera tienen vida. Iguales a esos ídolos son quienes los fabrican y quienes en ellos creen. Israelitas, bendigan al Señor. Sacerdotes, bendigan al Señor. Levitas, bendigan al Señor. Ustedes que honran al Señor, bendíganlo. Bendito sea en Sion el Señor, el que vive en Jerusalén. Alabado sea el Señor. Amén.